have you know there's this before bad guy was the bombshell trailer song duh duh dun, 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 dun. yeah before that are you doing phantom of the opera again no i wasn't do you do your phantom of the opera dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, it goes pretty hard. It does go hard. Um, so before Bad Guy, it was Phantom before, of the Opera. No, before Bad Guy, it was um, it was like a da 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 da. No, it was just this like really kind of interesting score that they only. I just saw Bombshell, and they did have score, but there was that this like really interesting piece. That was only used like maybe once or twice. Um, and they used it in the trailer originally too. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I have that stuck in my head a little bit. If Duh. I can find it, I'll plug it here. But yeah, hey guys, we're back. It's Harper. I'm Jonathan. Yep, and this is Hawkeyes. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it, I feel it. Okay, I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? We're coming to you with a weird episode this week. We watched three things, took no notes. We took no notes on three contents. Yeah, so we're keeping it loose. Hecka loose, as the kids say. Well, this is... No, they don't. This is... Uh, they don't say hecka? No, they, they really don't. The, wow. This is... Uh, I feel old. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, this is the second uh, random project episode that we've done we have yes this is and um incidentally one of these random projects is actually from 1994 and our first random projects episode was only things from 1994 oh okay so had i known about this previously i would have tried to include it in Uh, that episode yes um but here we are talking about it now um so the three things that we're talking about today are the 2005 film one last thing yes film strong word okay yeah for sure for sure and i would call it a motion picture (laughs) and we're talking about robot chicken season three episode two Uh uh-huh what was that called uh 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 it was it was uh it was like a pun (laughs) squawberry shortcake or something Something oh that that sounds possibly right yeah and then we're talking about Ethan Hawke's short film, his first short film that he ever wrote and directed, Straight to One. Yes. Starring? Starring Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. Yes, that's his name. Yes. I'm sorry, Josh. Who we know and love from Alive and Eighth Grade and many projects in yes. between. 
Yes, that's who. Oh boy, this is like the <laughs> fifth time we've had this conversation on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. classic for sure. for sure. Well, that's that. Well, that's what the audience loves me for. Yeah, it's what the people keep coming my, back my for. Deep bench of knowledge and ability to remember actors and their names. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So should we start with? Uh, we'll go in the order of the things that we watched. Okay. Is that okay sure. with you? Sure. Sure. Um, because I kind of want to save the best for last. <laughs> Hot take. Yeah. Ooh, do you think so? No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So we watched one last thing, and this movie stars Michael Angarano, who Angarano, who I'm a really big fan of. Uh, you may remember him from the 2004 film Sky High. Yeah, he looked familiar to me. Oh yeah, he's been in a bunch of things. I'm gonna pull up his his uh, his bees internet movie database page real quick. Uh, ooh, Camila Mendes has feelings about Riverdale season five. Interesting. Okay, well for that you need IMDb Pro. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's just an article. So yeah, Michael Angarano. I think. Oh, it's Sky High was from 2005. Interesting. So the same year as this movie. Wow. Yeah. Um. Oh, he has a small part in Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I forget. He's uh, in Will and Grace. He plays Jack's son. Oh, the guy retconned. No, different, different. Because he seems to be in Will and Grace the new is that series. show that's. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Will and Grace is a show on NBC that's yes. about uh, Will and Truman that, like, and Grace Adler. Theme. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not gonna sing it, um, and. Come on. Do a little jingle. Dun 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 Oh, God, I wish. NBC, if you're out there listening to this Ethan Hawke podcast, please give us money. I listen to the Good Place podcast. I watch all of your shows. Please give us money. Yeah, we're the only ones. <laughs> yeah, we watch television live. Yeah, we watched SNL last yeah, night. Yeah, we did watch SNL last night. I'm, I was going to go to sleep at like 1130. Yeah. And we stayed up all the way to the end, basically. With I think Adam I kind of fell asleep towards the end. I didn't watch the end. No, we did not watch the end. Okay, whatever. We, we watched didn't see the second amount. performance. Oh, yeah, that's true. We watched the first musical performance. Yeah. yeah. We watched till the end of Weekend Update and then a little uh-huh. more and then we went to sleep. Okay. Well, we, we made it as far as anyone could expect us to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was... For people a, that watch live television. It was honestly not a great episode. Not going to lie. Sorry, Adam Driver. Sorry, NBC. We're trying to get them to pay us money. Yeah, you're right. He Adam Driver did a great job. Yeah. It's like, the, it's like it's they decided this, to like do like the most yikes content that they thought of all season in one episode yeah 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 like that del taco one you know that del taco commercial sketch right what happens in it um they're trying to teach the actor how to do the line and they like pull down his pants yeah yeah. and like i did not care for that um 
Yeah, it was a weird episode. Yeah. Anyway, but we're talking about Michael Angarano. Um yeah. So he was Who's on SNL. <laughs> that would be fun. I'm sure he would be great. He's a really talented actor. I've like watched him in everything for my whole life. Because as I was saying, he's in Will and Grace as Jack's son, and he's not retconned in the new series. Okay. okay. Um, the people that are retconned are Will and Grace's children. Okay. But Jack is a different character, and so his son is still is Will exists the. The main gay character. Uh-huh. And then Grace is... Grace is the main woman character. And then Jack is uh, Deborah Messing. Right. And Jack is like the, the second, like the supporting and he's like male kind character. Of... He is sort of... I'm going to tell the audience that you just gestured in a way that was kind of like jazz hands. <sighs> yes, I know. I'm sorry. He's Meaning a little more he's flamboyant. flamboyant. Yes. yes, he is a little more flamboyant. And he's played by Sean Hayes. Right, okay. Is that right? Yes. And he's like, yeah. he feels shorter. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> yeah, he feels shorter than than Will. I don't know that I've taller. ever thought of him that w- in terms of his height, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, as a tall person, this is how I judge. Yeah, everyone. This is how I move through the world. True. So yeah, Michael Angarano was. I mean, he's been in everything forever, but um, I guess yeah, I probably the earliest I would have known him from was uh, Will and Grace when I was a kid. Um, but he was in this movie, Speak, with Kristen Stewart. That's based on uh-huh. like a really incredible young adult novel. Um, he was in 24, apparently. Classic. Um, it's a rite of passage. Yeah. And he also was in The Nick. Uh, Can I just say real quick? Uh-huh. Sean Hayes and Eric McCormick are both 5'11". Wow. They're the exact same height. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. That's probably why I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Anyway, and right now, Michael Angarano is in This Is Us, and he's playing a recurring character in the Milo Ventimiglia storyline. Hmm. The Milo Ventimiglia cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Michael Angarano, we love you. Come on the show. I'm sorry that we're about to disparage this film you were in, but, you know, everyone has one. Everyone has yeah. one of these movies. And this movie it's has uh, Governor Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> yes, Governor <laughs> Cynthia Nixon. Uh, plays his mother oh and we didn't even say what the plot was yet so he plays a teenage boy a 16 year old boy this is relevant right this is his age is relevant so he's playing a 16 year old boy who has been diagnosed with cancer and he's like gonna die soon yeah and so he gets hooked up with like a they don't call it make a wish but essentially it's a make a wish foundation they call him like a wish kid and then there's a name for the organization too yeah i can't remember what it is but you know we're here we didn't take any notes yeah it's basically make a wish yeah basically make a wish and so the make a wish foundation people think that his wish is to go fishing with his favorite football player yeah um but he gets up there and he's like listen you know that's not really my wish one because it would just make me think of my dead dad which is sad but two, because what I really want is to spend all weekend with this hot supermodel, Nikki Sinclair. Yes. Which, Sincla- like, Nikki Sinclair is such a, like, like, I feel like that's also the name of the girl, the woman from The Parent Trap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I can't. Sh- a vi- or, uh, no, Vicky is her mother's name. I can't think of. Now that you've said this. <laughs> right. Like, I've watched this movie five million times. Isn't it spiritually the same kind of name? Uh-huh, like yeah, it is. I gotta, I gotta look it up now. Meredith Blake. Her yeah. name is Meredith Blake. It's I didn't look it up. I want you guys to know that name. I remembered without looking it up. Spiritually, it's the exact same name. Uh-huh. Nikki Sinclair and Meredith Blake for sure yeah 100 percent the same like made up name that like a los angeles writer was like 
what are people from New York called? <laughs> Meredith Blake, right? Mm-hmm. And so Nikki Sinclair is played by Sunny Mabry. And she seems to have been on Snakes on a Plane. <sighs> have you seen Snakes on a Plane? I have seen parts of it. I don't know that I've seen it all the way through, actually. It's pretty, it's pretty iconic. Get yeah, these no, monkey yeah. fighting snakes. Yes, I, yeah, I'm familiar Off with this it. monkey fighting plane. Um, but yeah, she uh, seems to be a big like a lot of TV work. Has Samuel Jackson ever won an Oscar? I don't think so. I don't no. think so. No, no there's no way. Did. Yeah, yeah. Like Denzel barely won too. So yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like Samuel Jackson hasn't won an Oscar. Yeah. Also, they probably wouldn't give it to him because he would just like curse on stage. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they'll have thing. to give him. He's like almost 80. They're going to have to give him a lifetime He's achievement award. 80? He's 70 something. What? Samuel Jackson? What? I thought he was like about 70. There's no way he's 80. He's 70 something. He said, okay, he's 71. Oh, wow. But that's basically almost 80. You know no, what it's I mean? Not. Okay, fine. Also, he's 6'2. <laughs> now that i okay, oh, now that so I, obsessed with everyone's height. Now that I go, no, here's what happened. Now that I Googled someone's height, I'm getting oh, suggestions just, for height. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I accidentally Googled Samuel Kim height. Who's Samuel Kim? I'm not sure. He's a K-pop person. Samuel. Um, I think it's also, I want to mention that uh, Nikki Sinclair, her like agents, her agent is, her name is Arlene and she's played by Gina Gershon, who's been in literally everything ever. And we'd know her mostly from, she played Gladys on Riverdale. Wait, who are we talking about? Uh, the agent. Nikki oh, Sinclair's yes, agent. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. she played Gladys, uh, who's um, Jughead's mother. She played yes. Jughead's mother on Riverdale. She looked very familiar. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's also, she had a recurring bit on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She was good on that. You know, she's just been in everything forever. So it was like, oh, oh there she is. Okay, so I accidentally Googled uh, Samuel Kim Height. Mm -hmm. And it says, I guess that he just goes by Samuel. Who is this person? Oh, what he's are like you, a K-pop what, singer. Who is, he from? is he from a group? I don't think so. I could be wrong. Anyway, it says, <laughs> uh, Samuel reveals his current height and how much taller he wants to be in 2020. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's from a Pinterest thing. That's so funny. Oh, he was part of One Punch. A hip-hop duo. Okay. American-born South Korean singer. I'm sorry. This is so yeah, irrelevant. Can we get back to Yes. This isn't thing. even related to Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he says this, and it goes, like, kind of as viral as something can go in 2005. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's, It gets printed in the newspaper. Yeah. It's on It's on local it's news, on and it kind of gets picked up more wider. And Was then, there a MySpace in 2005? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there must have been. Yeah. I had a MySpace in 2007, which is around the time people were stopping MySpace. <laughs> so, um, yes. It's like a beautiful mandala, you know. Mm -hmm. I keep getting suggested people's heights. Yeah, Ethan Hawke is uncredited in One Last Thing, which is wild because he has like a not insubstantial part. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he, he plays. Mm -hmm. He plays. Um, his father michael unger on his father yeah yeah which is like he has speaking parts he's named he does. he's in several scenes he's in several scenes uh he's one of like the 
top probably like five people you know yeah in this movie like he's not like it's not like a minor he's in this movie yeah he is in this movie and i have i can't i tried to do some quick research but i cannot figure out why Why he's he's not credited do you think he watched it and was like i don't know it doesn't really feel like him to do that though yeah yeah you know i feel like once he does a movie he's like committed to it yeah you know he must have like read the script well that's one of the things we're gonna ask him when we have him on we have him on yeah because i this is the thing like i think that when we have him on Uh uh-huh when we have him on Mm -hmm. like the thing that i would the the movie i'd want to ask him about movies that he doesn't get asked about a lot a hundred percent like i want to ask him about dad yeah i want to ask him about sure and um and uh i mean he's been asked a bit about um midnight clear but not that much yeah like i wouldn't want to ask too much about like training day no 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 uh um oh captain my captain Dead <laughs> yeah, Poet Dead Poet society because i feel like like every interview i listen to like that's the stuff that he gets asked about the most yeah which like makes sense like the before but series it's like yeah, okay yeah, yeah it's your best work but let's <sighs> just put that aside yeah and let's find out about your your time with ted danson you know yeah, yeah exactly like there's nothing about it anywhere about what dad, dad. yeah like the only thing is like uh like a really short interview with jack lemon that's like in mm. print you know there's no like there's no video there's no audio about dad yeah you know and it's really difficult to google because it's just called dad <sighs> yeah and ethan hawk is a dad they should have thought about that when they made it <laughs> they should yeah in 1989 like, they yeah, should have thought like, about google in about 30 years yeah, less they're... than that <laughs> in about 15 years i don't know yeah whatever my timeline is yeah, all it's okay wonky. um so Michael Angarano, his character's name is Dylan, and he has friends named Ricky and Slap. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and they're always sitting around smoking weed and, like, watching porn. Yeah. And uh, understandably, like, he can kind of do whatever he wants because he's dying, he's dying of cancer. Yeah. And so his mom, Cynthia Nixon, um, you know, she's like, I need to, like, take care of you and set some boundaries, but also, you know, I don't want to, like, ruin your last month on this earth. Yeah. So... Um, so what ends up happening is, uh, Nikki Sinclair, the model, she catches wind of, or her agent, I don't know, she kind of sucks, basically, she's impossible to work with, she drinks all the time, like, um, no one likes her, Yeah. so her agent tells her to take some time off, but then, uh, they also get this story and the agent's like oh this is gonna be a great publicity opportunity right right uh so we're gonna go down to philadelphia where the where the kid lives and you're gonna take a photo with him right and so they do that and it feels really superficial and she's like oh can't stay yeah and she seems to feel bad about it but it's kind of unclear yeah yeah i don't know everything like uh, i don't know there weren't a lot of things that totally felt real in yes this movie. especially about like any especially about her mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah but then she's like here's my number if you're ever in new york like you can come see me so then his whole objective is to get to new york so he could go yeah. see her and the nice football player who he was originally going to go fishing with ends up giving him ten thousand dollars Yes, and the reason that he does that is because he's watching. Yeah, he's watching local television. Yeah, he's watching a public access show that 
And I think he's supposed to be like an eagle, like uh, on the Eagles. Yeah, team. I think so. I don't know yeah. how you'd say sports words. Uh, an eagle, a Philadelphia eagle. Yes. Yeah. So that's why he would be seeing this kid on local television because he's local. Yes. Yes. And he's watching TV, this public access show. And this kid is auctioning off the football that he gave him. And no, I said, that his dad gave him right oh maybe i think his dad got this football and got all like it's all signed by all the eagles from whenever the game was and um and so his friends are like you're gonna sell that you know because like what am i gonna do with it yeah because he's gonna die so um but the football player calls and he's like i'll give you ten thousand dollars for that football when they were only asking for two or three hundred yeah just because he's a nice guy and um so then he kind of starts this like romance with Cynthia Nixon, yeah. it seemed like, but that was left totally unresolved. Yes, yes. Which like I understand that it was, you know, I kind of feel like that was progressing, but then like life got in the way because her kid was dying. Right. And but that wasn't really like wrapped up in any way. Yeah. She there was no scene where she's like, "Sorry, I can't do this right now." Yeah. It was just like dropped off the face of the earth yeah yeah um but yeah so then the he and the two friends go to new york and he keeps seeing his dead dad everywhere yeah ethan hawk is just like ethan hawk is like the cop in the car he's the cab driver he's walking down the street you know yeah but it's never really him and he also he so the cancer he has he has like pretty large tumors um and they're cutting off oxygen to his brain so he's hallucinating quite a bit i think right and he's passing out and he's having nosebleeds um it's pretty bad but he just wants to he wants to go out with a bang he wants to have sex with this adult model yes yeah and so he finally does see her and she's kind of unpleasant to him and she's like you're putting me in a bad position like just go home yeah which like it's understandable right it's like she could be nicer but also he's a child who wants to who's clearly wants to have yeah. sex with her yeah what so, are you supposed to like yeah it's it's say. it is it is a difficult situation yeah because either in. either you spend time with him like if you spend any alone time with him people are gonna be like oh my god like she slept with a 16 year old Except for everyone seemed to really be rooting for it to happen. I don't think in this world, I don't think anyone would have cared. Yeah, that's true. Because so at the beginning of the movie, like uh, Dylan is smoking weed in the car while Cynthia Nixon is driving and they get pulled over by a cop. And so then he like talks to the cop over his mom and uh, and he's like, hey, you're that wish kid. Everyone at the precinct is rooting for you. Yeah. you know? So everyone knows who he is. Everyone like wants this to happen for him. Yeah. So yeah. I think it would have been fine uh, from a societal standpoint. No one would have been in like. In this universe. Yeah. yeah. In this bizarre world. But, you know. Yeah, it's because it's, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this kid, he's like a 16 year old kid wants to have sex with like an adult mm-hmm. woman. Very normal thing but for it to actually happened is a bad thing yes because she's an adult yeah and he's a child That's it's very true, it's very normal th- for him to, yeah. to want that to happen like of course right yes 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 but the other way is the problem yeah. for her to do it with him yeah which i thought wasn't gonna happen and spoiler alert it does happen yeah which was 
fucking crazy to me. Yeah, so he ends up, after she kind of turns him down in New York, they end up taking a taxi all the way back to Philadelphia because they have all this money. Yeah. And um, and then when they get back, I think he's like pretty much faded, you know, and so the friends help to get him into the hospital. Yeah. And he's he's like, he's he's pretty much dying. And then she shows up in the hospital and she's like, hey can i come in yeah and so then uh he ends up saying do you have a car let's go for a drive and so they go to that place where he would go fishing with his dad right because that's what he wanted he wanted to take her to this nice quiet place where they would go fishing and it's like a coast of an ocean yes they're on the shore yes they're standing on the shore like fishing fishing. off of the shore and they somehow get this giant fish from like shallow coastal water yeah like one foot deep water yeah they catch a giant fish it didn't really make a lot of sense i mean like i've never gone fishing before but but it still didn't make sense considering the theme of fishing that is present throughout this movie it could have seemed could worth have, like, to ask like, to literally one person. Yeah. Like, hey, how does fishing work? Can you <laughs> yeah. just stand on the beach and catch a giant fish? It's like, no, you can't. You got to go on a pier or something. Yeah. Or you got to like, you know, river runs through it. Go to a river. And do yeah, the, sure. Yeah. You could do a river. The big fly whatever, fishing, whatever. It's like, because like, I've never seen anyone just standing on the beach fishing. Yeah. Same. Right? Like. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it wouldn't matter that much. But they made fishing like a theme of the movie. Yeah. Which is just embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're fishing and he starts to reel in a big fish, but he gets too tired to finish. So then yeah. she takes the fishing rod and pulls it in. And then uh, I think I assume they eat the fish and then they have sex. Yeah. That's um, the, the heavy implication. Yeah. And then um, she wakes up the next morning and, and he's dead. He's dead and he has this smile on his face like, yeah. Yeah, this is, this, this is this, the, the worst part of this movie. Yeah. I think. Is uh-huh. this the, the like, smile the on last, his dead yeah, face? The smile on his dead face. And then he's like getting buried or he's at the like funeral or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, can we tone it down? Like his mother is like, can we tone down the smile a little bit? <laughs> And then the guy, this is the dumbest line I've ever heard. He's like, oh, we tried to make him smile less, but he just wouldn't. Yeah. It's that rigor mortis, dude. <sighs> no. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's the movie. That's the movie. I will say we that should we, talk a we little should bit talk about, about Ethan, Ethan Hawke Hawk in it. Yes. Yeah, Jinx. Uh, I'm just kidding. It was clear that we were both going to that same place. We don't have to jinx on that. Um, so yeah, so Ethan Hawke is, he's at the, he's in a videotape. That's one of the big scenes with Ethan Hawke. So he had like, he was clearly, he died when, uh, Dylan was young. And so he had recorded a videotape of himself, uh, for him to, to watch when he was 18, but he's dying. So his mom was like, I don't think your father would mind if I gave this to you now. And so he starts to watch it and kind of gives him some like life advice. But then at the end, he he starts to go, if there's one thing that you ever remember me saying, and then the, the VCR eats the tape. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like so upsetting, but also just like such a movie 
I don't know. It felt like. Yeah, I mean that that there's a, there's a very similar thing in uh, Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. where Matt Damon. He's being, ex- he's being told what he needs to do by, Brad Pitt, I think, mm-hmm. and, Brad Pitt's like sitting down and explaining. He's like, listen, when you go in there, absolutely one thing you must not do. And then someone opens the door. He's like, hey, we gotta go. He's like, all right, you'll be fine. <laughs> and he like walks out. And it's a great, it's very funny. It's a great yeah. scene, um, but it's r- written and acted in a way that's more successful. Pays off, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um. Yeah. What else happens with Ethan Hawkins? Oh, I guess the very end of the movie, we should say. Uh. So the whole time, Michael and Garano, Dylan, he is like, I don't believe in heaven or hell. I don't believe right. in an afterlife. Right. Right. And he kind of keeps interacting with all these people, like a Christian girl at the high school. Um. His doctor, who seems to be like uh, Hindu spiritual. or Buddhist or some yeah. spiritual in some way, believes in a, a life after this one. Yeah. Um. And then he meets with another another guy. Um. I want to say Hindu because he like has like a Shiva thing. I don't know. Another guy of some faith. Um. In New York. Uh, and so he kind of keeps running into all these people that say that, you know, and Ethan Hawke on the tape too also mentions religion. He's like, uh, I should have taken you to church more, you know? And it keeps, he keeps running into it, but he always insists that he doesn't believe in it. But at the very end we see him, he's back on that beach, but now he's with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And, uh, Ethan Hawke is like, took you long enough. Yeah. And then he's like, is that really you? And he's like, yeah, who were you expecting? A supermodel? Which is like a kind of cute Ethan Hawke line. Right, it's, right. It felt like him. You know, this character really did feel pretty Ethan Hawke. <laughs> he's like in this shit movie, but yeah. he d- he was still himself. He was still playing a character that fe- felt really like him. Yeah. Um, And then Wyclef Jean walks past them holding a fish. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. I wasn't looking. Yeah, it was like literally one second. It was so weird. And does he do the song at the end or something? I think is that he what does it is? the song at the end. Because it kind of sounds like it. Yeah, I think so. That's funny. Yeah, he's he he has only... A f- there's a few speaking scenes mm-hmm. that Ethan Hawke has. The major one being the videotape. Yeah. But he appears throughout through these in these flashback Not flashback, but like sort of hallucinations slash dream sequences we have the scenes where we see him around new york and then we have the scenes where we see him there's one scene where he's fishing with him the first time mm-hmm. and then his dad starts to swim away right and it turns out it yeah. Was a dream. yeah 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 so that, that's like the first time you see him, it's a I dream think. and he like wakes up in the hospital yeah 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 we have a couple of dream sequences yeah there's there's a few with the model. Oh yeah, because she also has this like, like recurring, drug, yeah, uh, yeah, like alcohol laced dream. Yes, yes. Um, she keeps revisiting this dream that she about her like high school sweetheart basically, mm-hmm. and different things keep happening in this dream, um, and she keeps waking up. Yeah, it's like a recurring nightmare that's slightly different every time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess it's supposed to make us. Like feel something feel for something her, for but her, yeah. I just don't really feel anything for her. And yeah. she just honestly seemed like a completely different character in the end to me than she yeah. did throughout the whole thing. Yeah, she was she was not real. I did think that. I mean, my- she was like literally like an object. Yes, like, that's true. She was like literally an object. Yeah. In this movie. And they tried to give her dimension, but it like failed. Yeah, they're like, oh, what should we make her? Like, we'll give her drugs and alcohol. Yeah. That was all they could think of. Yeah. It's like and I like this like ambiguous ex or dead or ex boyfriend. I don't. I wasn't really yeah, clear on what yeah. had happened. Like she to him moved either. to become a model and then 
yeah, yeah it, it's it's like i feel bad like just shit talking a movie but like you know sometimes you need tough love and this movie was yeah tough yeah i mean i could just i mean i think there's probably a way that this movie could have been good but it just didn't work i don't know that you can do a premise like that and have it not be gross yeah i yeah you know what this actually made me think of was did you ever watch that movie girl next door with emile hirsch no so he was like a regular all-american high school teenage boy and he i don't totally remember the plot of this movie but he was in love with a porn star Uh uh-huh and it had a very similar like vibe of like teen boy wanting to get with like a, a a hot adult blonde right yeah um yeah, I guess now that I think about it, like if I watch that movie again now, I liked it. I liked it probably in early high school whenever I saw that because yeah. I love Emile Hirsch, and I I kind of like junky movies from the early two thousands. Right. Um, but I'm sure that would be equally problematic now. Right. I yeah. think prob probably part of it is that it it ends up that he does have sex with her i think that's part of the problem yeah yeah he shouldn't have had sex with her because if it hadn't happened then it could have been like okay he like had this moment or whatever but then to actually have it happen it's like and also like again the fact that he's 16 like they he did not have to be 16 for the story to work i wonder if we're like talking about if we're trying to figure out how to make this movie work i wonder if instead of having a dead dad he has a dead mom and he is like lacking like some kind of maternal affection in his life and there's like i know this also sounds Uh, bad but it might be less bad than what this movie was uh, i don't know you don't think so and he's like sexualizing this model and then in the end they don't have sex no i don't see it and he like has like a a sad crying breakdown sure he can still do that but i don't see it you don't see it okay well i'm just i'm just spitballing no no that's good that's good that's good I don't think that that sh- should be a movie. I'm just saying that it might have been less bad than this. Yeah, I don't know. I will say that even though his friends were dumb, I enjoyed them. Like, they added something to this movie. Right. It, we got to a point where they're just going to New York, and, like, it's just fun to watch, like, these young Fish guys. Fish out of water. Yeah, like, they're going to, like, a fancy hotel, and, like, it's fun to watch that stuff, because yeah. you're like, oh, this is this is fun, like... They're getting in taxi and like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff like calls to mind, you know, uh, um, like Risky Business or like um, Ferris Bueller or whatever. Th- those kinds of movies where it's like, oh, we have these like teen boys and they're like acting out these silly fantasies. But Ferris Bueller and, and Risky Business, like they're, I guess Risky Business might be a little, I don't know. I've never seen Risky Business. As you may know about me, I've watched almost no Tom Cruise movies. Like, the only ones I've seen are Jerry Maguire, which was, like, a big one for me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then any other one that you've had me watch, which is only Minority Report, really. Man, we got to get you up to speed. Yeah, I've never seen Cocktail. I've never seen Top Gun. I've never seen Risky Business. I've never seen any Mission Impossible movie. Okay, here's what I'll say. People love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm -hmm. Risky Business is better. Damn. Risky Business came before, okay, because, like, the first time I saw Risky Business, I was like, oh, it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but, like, with prostitutes. Mm -hmm. No. 
Ferris Bueller's Day Off is risky business without, without prostitutes. prostitutes. <laughs> risky business is a better movie, in my opinion. Now, I will say, I watched it once, like, eight years ago. Uh-huh. And I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off probably around the same time. But that's my hot take. I'm. You can at me if you want. <laughs> at John's Avalet on Instagram. Comment on my latest post. Send that heart. <laughs> hashtag spread the love hashtag the circle (laughs) um and then comment on my latest post and say yo risky business is problematic af ferris bueller's day off slaps you're an asshole feel free to say that but um yeah risky i think risky business is better damn all right well i'll have to watch it i'll watch it and i'll report back to the the listeners of the pod yeah yeah um and this is all related to what (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anyway so that was one last thing i think we're pretty much done with that yeah um ethan honk if you're listening which honestly i don't know we had 35 downloads from virginia while you were out there shooting (laughs) fucking good lord bird so if you're listening Tell us why you're uncredited on one last thing. Yes, please do. Also, once you're done in Sundance, if you happen to be in Los Angeles, please come talk to us. Yeah, we'll set up like a little spot for you to sit and have Mm -hmm. a chat with us. Yeah. We're very nice. We're nice people. We're really nice people and we like you a lot. (laughs) You can't tell from the fact that we've already watched like 35 of your movies in a row. Yeah. So we talk mad shit. That's true. Okay, we do talk I talk shit, but shit. like not really about you as an actor, you know. Yeah. So just have just, we have uh, we been negative about some of your films you've directed? I'm sorry, but wait until we talk <laughs> about Straight to One. Well, the book I have a complicated relationship with his books, yes, as okay. I've said. Right. At least you read them. I did read one and a half of his books. <laughs> I praise. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, Ethan, come come on the pod. Yeah. Uh, um yeah we... and you know he was just here for tcas i wish that you know what are tcas know, uh the the tv things it's like the oh, i don't know what it seems for hold on what are whips no not whips uh whip around is a fashion thing is that what you're no, talking no, about no no i'm trying to think of oh um i know what you're wisps th- sweeps oh sweeps is different yeah what are sweeps sweeps is um that period during the sp- like mid season mm-hmm. where they're like, Ooh, maybe we won't keep this or oh, okay, we'll keep this. Uh, okay. I think what you're thinking of though is um uh shit, the word is escaping me. But there's a um up upfronts. Are you thinking of upfronts? Upfronts is when they um are like before the season, like the networks will each like present what's coming up. Mm. What's a what's a no look deal? I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were in the business. You see, we could we're indicating how much we know about film and media by asking these questions. Okay, so TC is Television Critics Association. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, so he was just over here talking about Good Lord Bird. That was in um Pasadena. He was so close to us. I I messaged First you. Do you feel oh okay sorry (laughs) i do know what that is but anyway um but yeah i messaged you the other day i was like do you feel ethan hawk in los (laughs) angeles because he was here he was here in pasadena 
that's not here okay well he was as close as he's probably been in the time that we've been doing this podcast (laughs) except for that time that we saw him but we hadn't started releasing this podcast yet yeah that's true we did see him once we were so close yeah anyway he had to go to another event i know we should have just gone to that other screening okay i kind of don't think that they always have to go to another event at the i i think that they off well not always so like if it's someone really big it's like they're just getting them out of there yeah not that ethan hawk isn't really big ethan hawk you're a star you're a star baby we love you but (laughs) watch it 2019 (laughs) it's 2020 bitch (laughs) whoa okay um the show's going yeah um but I think that often they do back-to-back schedule them. I don't know why, and this is insane, but I've been to a number of Q&As at the Landmark yeah. where they've back-to-back scheduled them with the Arclight Hollywood. Which is Which is crazy. psychotic yeah. for, like, traffic reasons. Yeah. Anyway. Getting to Hollywood is impossible. Yeah, it really is. Because there's no... There's, there's no good way to do no it. There's no easy way to get there, yeah. yeah. You either take the 10... The 10 and you have to get off and drive, drive all that up, way. Or, or you, take you take, like, Olympic or, or Santa Monica. Yeah, and that's, you can do that. You know. Yeah. If it's, or if you really, like, love spending money on gas, you could take the 405 <laughs> to the 101. Yeah, this but has been like, the Californians on Saturday Night That Live. adds, like... That adds literally, like, 10 miles to the trip. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I've you're gotten, not doing that. I've gotten that. the Google Maps thing where it's like, oh, take the 405 to the one. And I'm like, uh, no, thank you. Ethan, if you're listening, tell us how you got to the Arclight <laughs> Hollywood after that landmark screening. He probably wasn't really paying attention. He probably just hopped in the Suburban and then it took him where he was I going. I kind of take Ethan Hawk to be like oh, He drove attentive. his own car. He no, drove his Chevy. No, I don't think he drove his own he car. He drove his, his, his red his car. His Texas, yeah. yeah. No, um, I don't think he drove himself. I just think that he would be like... Uh, and atten- like I feel like if he took a lift anywhere, he'd like really talk to the driver a lot. He'd be like yeah. that passenger that talks to the driver a lot, yeah, and yeah. he would like tell stories about every single block in Los Angeles where he'd ever done anything. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Because especially and grab the seat and be like, you know, man, like, yeah, yeah. That's- I was over with River at that corner. Uh, man, River Phoenix, he was a great guy. He was really an inspiration to me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, this is this is right right near where uh, we did training day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He would really get into. It. I think he would. I think he would talk to his Lyft drivers. That's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was one last thing. Um. Let's talk about Robot Chicken. Sure. So. So the episode was like. It was season three, episode two. And it was called Squawberry Shortcake. Yes. And so he was, um, there was a lot going on in this. Yeah. I, let's, I, I've never really watched Robot Chicken before. I've watched a little bit of it, but not much. Yeah. I basically, my relationship with Robot Chicken is that like I would be watching something else on Cartoon Network or Adult Swim. I can't, you know, I, I just watch them. Like, I'd watch Futurama or something. Yeah. Futurama, I don't know, however you say it. I'm no, you're you're from Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin, <it>. Futurama. Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'd be watching something like that, and then between, like, an episode of one thing and an episode of another, Robot Chicken would come on, and I'd be like, oh, it's that weird thing, and I would not I would kind of zone out yeah, and not pay which, attention. Yeah. I've never, like, actively watched it. Until today, yeah. where we watched this one episode. 
Um, so yeah, a lot was going on, but the section with Ethan Hawke, uh, it was pretty immediately, his voice is so distinct yeah. that you could tell right away who he was. Um, and on top of it though, the, the scene was basically training day, but with dinosaurs or like yes, large lizards. It's Godzilla basically. Oh uh, yeah. Godzilla, yeah, Godzilla. with so, the training day. Yeah. So they, it's, he's like Godzilla Jr. Mm-hmm. And then like uh Den- the denzel character mm-hmm. is godzilla and he's like smoking a cigarette and driving around oh and uh godzilla is voiced by CeeLo green <laughs> okay um, <laughs> which we won't get into but yeah just so we know yeah and he he's basically like it's just it's like a parody of training day but it's godzilla mm-hmm. and he's like this is what you have to do to to be Godzilla, mm-hmm. and it's, so they take they take a few lines and stuff from yeah from Godzilla, I mean from, from training, training day. day yeah yeah and then at the very and this, end the shots too it was like it was an like almost a shot for shot remake yeah. of of Training Day but animated with Godzillas yeah. yeah yeah and then at the end it's this is this is like one of the longest uh segments mm-hmm. from this robot chicken episode even though it was like like a minute yeah or something yeah it like wasn't that long but yeah. it was longer than all the others yeah, a lot of the other ones because a lot of them are like literally like four seconds yeah um these kids and their short attention spans no wonder <laughs> so with true. the robot chickens now, these days it would <laughs> it would just be a tweet yeah. It would just be a tweet. Um, yeah. So there's not really a lot to say there. Yeah, and then he says, King Kong ain't got shit on me. And then yeah. King Kong appears and like throws shit on his head. Yeah, yeah. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawk's like really acting too. Yes. <laughs> he's like he's like, Yeah, robot chicken man. It's like oh wow. Mm-hmm. I just I you know, it's like you know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to just do a really quick um, Google to see if he ever said anything about it. I didn't look. Uh, oh, okay, what is this? What? What Bill Clinton told Ethan Hawke while they peed next to each other. <laughs> what the fuck? Except cookies. Fuck off. Hold on. Uh, oh, man. I was waiting to... I was waiting in line to pee at Shakespeare in the park and was standing behind Bill Clinton, which was already weird, waiting in line to pee behind Bill Clinton. So we go to the urinals and he leans over to me and whispers, I loved Gattaca. How crazy is that? (laughs) (laughs) I loved Gattaca. Yeah. Sorry, I have no Bill Clinton. Love. What was the movie we watched? One last thing. <laughs> I did not love one last thing. Oh, that's yeah. I loved Gattaca. Mm-hmm. So I watched but did not inhale. <laughs> so yeah, no, there's really nothing about that uh, about the robot chicken episode. Um, there is. It's training day. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying there wasn't any like interviews oh, or anything. Oh, I was I see, looking I for. I thought you were was, saying there was nothing to talk about. No, 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 no. Yeah, so that was that was good. That was cute. It was yeah, cute. Yeah. And I liked some of the other bits on the episode. I liked the Run Forest Run one. Oh, yeah. That was funny. That was like five seconds. So that was like yeah, one of those really yeah, fast ones. Yeah. Um, but I did also like there was one about like if you give a mouse a cookie. 
yeah that goes crazy um and it's it was clearly kristen chenoweth doing the voice and it's kind of that's the kind of fun thing about robot chicken i think is when you could recognize the voices i mean they have so many famous people yeah um you know clearly they had ethan hawk which is like a weird person to have yeah i mean it made sense in the context of the i'm sure they asked denzel washington too and they got CeeLo instead snoop dogg is in this episode yes and snoop dogg is also in this episode of robot chicken yeah uh, yeah, so that's like a funny bit with um, it's like Bob Barker from uh, uh, you know, Price is Right. Price is Right. Yeah. And so he like retires, and he in his retirement he spends all of his time um, like being a vigilante, like dog spay, er, dog and cat spay and yeah, neuter. Yeah. Uh, he just like has he has these like gardening shears, and he's just like running around town in a cape, like chopping off the balls of cats yeah, and dogs. Yeah, yeah. And then he and then he fights snoop dog yes. who like turns from an actual dog into snoop dog yeah and then they fight and then he s- blows him up or something yeah grenades. he like he like chops off his balls yeah and then he takes two grenades and like shoves them up inside snoop dog and then yeah. he like blows up yeah it was a lot it was a lot yeah i feel like even though a lot of these uh sketches are like a minute long some of them are still too long. <laughs> it's like once you know the joke, you're like, okay, Bob Barker is spaying and neutering. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You kind of just lose the... Yeah. The one thing I did think was really funny about that, which this is like such... This is like so easy, but it's like kind of genius. It's like there's one scene where the dogs are sitting around a poker table playing poker. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like that, you know, painting of yeah, the dogs playing yeah. poker. Like, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It was a good poll for that bit. Um... Yeah, so that was Robot Chicken. Yeah, and then I think if you, it, yeah, I think you kind of had to have like, I feel like Robot Chicken is one of those things you kind of had to have like grown up with a yeah. little bit to appreciate. Yeah, because it's just like not that funny when you're watching it for the first time as an adult. Yeah, I do appreciate like that they're kind of messing with the format mm-hmm. of like a TV show, where it's like each episode is ten minutes long. Each sketch is between five seconds and a minute long. Like, I appreciate that they're messing with the format, but it's just not, like, something I would really want to watch. Yeah. No, yeah, and I think that where it really um, was situated, though, in, like, when it was airing on television was, like, between long episodes of things. Right, You know, so it makes sense as a kind of transition. Yeah, yeah. And Adult Swim always did do really interesting things with transitions because it was, like, they would do that kind of, like, lo-fi, washed out Uh indie music. And they'd do, you know, I don't know. They'd, like, put some, like, weird expressions up on the the screen while the lo-fi music was playing. Uh And I feel like they... I think that they had like an uh, an interesting a concept. Vision, yeah. They they had a vision of of yeah. transitions that was yeah. different than anyone else. Yeah. And so I feel like Robot Chicken Fit like, in with fits that world, in with yeah. that yeah with that vision. That's all. Oh, Dave Coulier was in that episode. Do you remember that? Was that a Tumblr? Same picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I followed that. Yeah, I know. That's how I found out about it because you told me about it like yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. I just don't even know who Dave Coulier is. Oh man, that's really funny. Um, he's, uh, Uncle Joey on Full House. Hilarious. Just not mean a lot to me. I never watched Full House. <laughs> That's incredible. 
<laughs> we had such different youths. <laughs> we sure did. Um. Anyway, so then the last thing that we watched today was Straight to One. Yes. From 1994. This was a short film that was written and directed by Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And I gotta say... Of the things we've seen that he's directed so far that we've talked about in the podcast, I'm yeah. talking this, I'm talking Chelsea Wall's Hot Estate. It's probably the best one. This is my favorite thing yeah. that he has done. Yeah. So it premiered at Sundance in 1994, um, the same year as Reality Bites. Okay. And um, it stars Josh Hamilton, mm-hmm. who he would have, you know, probably met and befriended on the set of Alive in 1993. Probably they filmed it in 92. And um, it also stars Isabel Gillies, who uh, we know from Law and Order SVU. He plays, she plays um, Stabler's wife. Mm-hmm. She's so good on SVU. <laughs> She's so good on SVU. Anyway, I it drove me. I didn't recognize her in this because she was so young. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, and she was really. They were both really good in this. Yeah. This was. I feel like this was the romance of like young love and art like young artist love yeah that ethan hawk is consistently trying to capture in all of his work right. and he does it so successfully in this short film yeah like it's like it just they felt so real and i think part of what was really good about it was that it was short yeah you know like i think i would have gotten tired of them yeah totally like yeah. he would get tired of them if it was long yeah because it was 20 minutes right it was yeah this was the 20 21 minutes um it was just so good i li- <laughs> I really liked it a lot it felt really real it kind of like it's i think a lot of the themes in the short were like young love but also kind of like doing something first you know what i mean because they're so young they moved to new york they got right. married at 20 right. they moved to new york at 20 you know kind of that feeling of doing things before everyone else your age right okay yeah is a big theme to me in this short film yeah that re- really resonated with me because i i'm a person that kind of did everything first uh-huh and um right yeah you got married i got married yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah no i mean you know i graduated college first of all with my friends uh-huh. i you know and and i was like younger than most of my friends too mm-hmm. and i um got my own apartment first and i got a real job first you know uh-huh. i did a lot of things first of all my friends you know even you and me like we got together so young that's true. We were 18 when we got together. Uh-huh. We've been together uh-huh. ever since. Sure, that's true. You know, true. I think we got in a really serious relationship first of a lot of people we know. That's true. So I feel like I really related to that um, that concept, also that like insecurity that comes along with uh-huh. doing things first. Because she's always uh, there. So basically, it's a couple. Yes. A man and a woman, and they're young, they're 20, mm-hmm. and they were from Texas, obviously, because this is written by Ethan Hawke. Yes. And they leave, they get married and leave Texas and move to New York. And he's pursuing being an actor, obviously, because it's Ethan Hawke. And, um, and she, I think, is going to try to be a writer, but also, you know, is going to be a career woman. And they are holed up living in the Chelsea Hotel. 
Classic. Classic, which I think is pretty relevant because it feels like what Chelsea Walls should have been. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this couple is so much more, like, real and likable to me. But, I mean, they're annoying. Yeah. But they're more likable to me than any character, than most of the characters in Chelsea Walls. Yeah. You know? And they're tangible, too. They're more like, they're more like uh, Jesse and Celine. Yes, they are more any, like Jesse and Celine. It's the closest that I think he's gotten so far to, to those two characters. Yeah. That he's created, right? Yeah, and I wonder also if, like, he wrote, you know, he, he wrote this probably in 93 and then, right, like, and then took this to Sundance and then right after Sundance he would have gone off to go work on before sunrise like right. this probably would have been really inside of him right, right, right this short film while he was working on jesse and celine yeah yeah um so it feels really related yeah definitely yeah so but they're they're newlyweds they're in a new city and she this other thing is like a big theme in ethan Hawke's work which is the idea of getting pregnant really young <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so like they're like wrapped up around each other naked in the bed in the Chelsea right, Hotel. Of course. You know, as you are when you're in an Ethan Hawke yeah, movie. Directed by Ethan Hawke, yeah. <laughs> and listen, Ethan Hawke, we love you. Come on the show. <laughs> you just have some themes. Yeah, and we're gonna roast you for it. Yeah. We'll roast you with love though. We roast yes. you with love. Yes. So um and she's like uh I want you to get me pregnant, basically. Yes. And, he, and he's like, oh. he's like, all right, like sex without a condom. Sure. Let's do that. Basically. No, he's, he seems on board right. too, but he's a little, well in the first, so it's like vignettes of their first month of marriage yes, basically. Okay. So in the very first one, he seems pretty into it. I don't think he's thinking that much about it. Right. I think that it's like something about this, this man that Ethan Hawke writes. You see this in The Hottest State. You see this in uh, Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. You see this in This Short. Um, there's something about this man that he keeps writing that's like really turned on by the idea of getting a woman pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. It's consistent. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you haven't read Ash Wednesday or The Hottest State. Yeah. But I mean, you know from the movie, The Hottest State, right. that that's something that comes up yeah because uh they're you know they're gonna have sex in mexico and he can't do it at first but then the next time they're gonna do it she says are you wearing a condom and he says no and she says it's fine right but it's like kind of like you know he's choosing he's choosing not to do that yeah and it feels it you know it's a choice <laughs> so this is a this is a pretty consistent theme i think in ethan Hawke's work right I'm not making any comment on where that comes from. I have no idea. Right. Um, yeah. But but it's there. And it's definitely there in this movie. But what's interesting, though, is that you kind of see the repercussions of that pretty immediately. Right. Um, because in the first one, he's like into it. He's like, oh, that's, you know, that's hot. Let's have sex right now. Um, because they, ne they, like, they never leave their apartment, their hotel right. room. And then, um, but then it cuts to a scene that's like maybe a couple days later and he's like, do you really want to have a baby right now? Yeah. You know? And he's really, he's clearly like backtracking. Yeah. <laughs> and feeling like he doesn't want to have a baby right now, but he's not coming out and saying it. Yeah. And so he's grilling her like, why do you want to get pregnant right now? And 
and then she's like do you want me to tell you that or like why i think you're a jerk you know yeah. Because he did say that he would would want to have a baby right then. It's true. You know. It's true. And he was backtracking, and it was kind of. I mean, I do think they're really young. You know. Yeah. yeah. But from her perspective, it's like, what? Why are you doing this after we just had this conversation? It's true. Yeah. So. Anyway, so then yeah, it's these, these little vignettes of this one month where they're living in the Chelsea hotel, not leaving their room. They like never leave their room. And she also, like, wants to hear about what their life is going to be like together. Yes. Um, and I really liked that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like, lies down with her head on his stomach, and he's, like, carting his fingers through her hair. Right. And he tells her about how he's going to be an actor and uh this following this kind of path that feels like exactly what Ethan Hawke did yeah. you know like um he's gonna be an actor and he's not gonna be like the main part but he's gonna you know have that role that people really talk about when they're leaving the theater like oh who played the brother you know and uh and then he'll go to to con uh, and they'll you know he'll take her and the baby to Paris uh, for the film festival and you know, all this really Ethan Hawkey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And then, the, and then that cuts to another scene where they're like out on the balcony and she's like, uh, he's like, why do you love me? And she says, because you're strong and because you're scared. And then she's like, why do you love me? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> Which is God. like, this like emotionally unintelligent yeah. dude get it together bro yeah but then he's like i don't know why i love you but i do and then he you know kisses her or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and then ultimately they do finally <laughs> leave the hotel yeah um but yeah i don't know i just really liked it that's good i thought that's it good. was really successful yeah i think maybe um it didn't need to be black and white i was fine with it i was okay yeah i was fine with it it was okay. I would have liked to see it in color, though. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just feel like... What about, like, Francis Ha? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it, it was, like, a cool look. It actually reminded me... I mean, because they're so Texas. You know, it reminded me a lot of Last Picture Show. Uh-huh. Kind of their vibes. Even though Last Picture Show takes place in, like, the early 60s or something. Mm-hmm. Late 50s, early 60s. But, um... Yeah, it did It did make me think of Last Picture Show, hmm. which is in black and white. Right. Yeah, and it's in Texas. Yeah. Um, have you even seen that, right? No. Oh, yeah, Woodrack. But I have seen Francis Ha. Francis Ha is a good movie. And it's in black and white. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one thing I saw about this movie was that he used his salary from Dead Poets Society to make this short. Wow. Yeah, that's how he funded it. So amazing, good for him. Yeah, but he also He's committed um, to the craft. He really is. Yeah, there was also this um, interview from IndieWire uh, where he said, "My mother was very depressed that I had dropped out of college. One of the things I promised her I would do was take responsibility for an education." He said, referring to the 1994 film, short film he directed, Straight to One, which screamed at Sundance the same year as Reality Bites. He wouldn't make his directorial debut until 20- 2001 with Chelsea Walls, but he added. 
I was always planning on directing and writing because I had no faith in the life of an actor. I was very apprehensive that I'd be able to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. And now it seems like more, you know, like clearly he's had such a long and successful career as an actor Mm -hmm. that uh, filmmaking seems more like a passion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Than a, than a fallback plan. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, we should. Okay. So this movie is sort of structured around a Bob Dylan song. Right. Yeah. Forever Young. Yes. Um, there's two Bob Dylan songs in this movie. There's that one, and there's another one like Visions oh, yeah. of Joanna. Or yes, something. that's that's what it's called. Um, and those are the two songs that bookend the movie. Um, and he sings a bit of the song. Mm-hmm. He sings a bit of Forever Young, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like makes it about their relationship. Um, and so the interesting thing, okay, so the interesting thing about that is that. We have the Bob Dylan song in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then one last thing. Mm-hmm. We have another Bob Dylan reference. Very brief. Between Cynthia Nixon and the football player guy. Oh, uh-huh. They're talking about the son Dylan. Mm-hmm. And she says, I named him after Dylan Thomas. It's a little annoying because everyone thinks that I named him after some whiny singer. Well, Which is an obvious reference to Bob Dylan. Dylan Thomas, though, is another Ethan Hawke connection because in Before Sunrise, there's that scene where there's uh, like it's the morning, and there he's sitting on the fountain and she's yes, lying down and true. has her head on his lap and he's like reciting Dylan Thomas. Yeah. To her. Yeah. So you know what? Maybe maybe he secretly wrote one last thing. <laughs> Honestly, no, like there's that no way. Dylan, there's no way. That Dylan Thomas reference. I was like, where did this come from? Yeah, it felt so. Know. It felt so Ethan Hawke. I mean, you know? I what I'm thinking is that it's like a friend situation. Oh, maybe. You know, yeah, like yeah. Ethan Hawke is like part of this network. I want uh, like you know, it feels like a network of writer, director, actors that uh-huh. all kind of like do favors for each other. Yeah. And maybe he's uncredited because it wasn't like he was, you know, excited to be in this movie, but uh-huh. it was like a friend of his who's right. like, Yeah, I'll I'll you need a dad? I'll be a dad. I'm a great dad. Yeah. You know? Well how does how does uh being credited affect like getting paid? I don't I don't I I don't know. Does it does it make a difference? I feel like it must, right? Uh, yeah. Um, any um, agents out there, let us know what this means for Ethan Hawke getting paid for this movie. I don't know if he just... I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. I think he did a lot of... He's done a lot of things as a favor, and he's had people do things as a favor to him. Probably not paid. Like, you know, do you think Josh Hamilton was paid for this short film? Probably not. Probably not. You know, and I'm sure he went and helped Josh Hamilton with something else that he did. Yeah. And, you know, on top of it, like all the theater stuff, uh, you know, he has that whole New York theater actor connection thing. It's true. So I'm sure there's a lot of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how, if he, if he got paid at all for this movie. I don't know either. No. He got got paid in craft services, (laughs) you know? Pay me in snacks. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of Ethan Hawke. <gasps> yeah? Should we do a Hawk fact? <laughs> let's do it. I said let's do a Hawk fact and I wasn't ready to go. No, that's okay. No, I'm ready to go. I just yeah. have to open my computer. Okay. Wow, your computer is so much faster than mine. It really if is. If I open mine up, it would take like a whole minute to... Yeah, but it also doesn't have like, you know... A hard drive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, since we oh, watched... You have so many tabs open. Yeah, dude. Of birds, specifically. Yeah. I just want the listeners to know that you're really ready with lots of research. Okay. So, since we watched Robot Chicken... <gasps> yes. I looked into chicken hawk chicken hawk yes which is a term it's a sort of non-scientific term for hawks that hunt hawks that could kill uh chickens interesting yeah so cooper's hawk sharp-shinned hawk and red-tailed hawks okay we know about these hawks yeah yeah now a lot of Okay, I've seen this this exact paragraph in multiple places. I don't know who originated it. I've seen it on Wikipedia. There's no citations for anything. But uh, chicken hawk is an unofficial designation for three species of North American hawks. Cooper's hawk, sharpshin hawk, and red-tailed hawk. The term chicken hawk, however, is inappropriate. Although cooper's and sharpshin hawks may attract other attack other birds, chickens do not make a significant part of their diet. Um... Red-tailed hawks have varied diets, and although they may opportunistically hunt free-range poultry, it is not a primary source of food. So, uh, chicken hawk is kind of just, it's a, it's a loose sort of term. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also refers to, it's, there's also a political meaning to chicken hawk, uh, which is basically like uh, any, pol- like, for example, just for example, <laughs> the last two american republican presidents mm-hmm. just wild example crazy crazy wild completely theoretical yeah. that they both happen to fit this term perfectly <laughs> basically a chicken hawk you know like a war hawk is someone who advocates for war uh-huh. a chicken is someone who's a coward so chicken hawk together means someone who advocates for war but has gotten out of fighting one themselves wow so that's what that term means in like political Damn. terms. So, you know, Donald Trump, he has his bone spurs. Uh, George W. Bush, he had his own sort of, uh, he had some way that he got out of mm-hmm. uh, having to fight as well. Yeah, so, well, I think if you're, I think probably he was enrolled in a university and had a, a high enough GPA to not get drafted. I think that's that's probably what it was. Uh-huh, right. Because I know he somehow managed to stay in college. Right, right. Even though he was, like, doing cocaine and crashing cars all over Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he went to Yale, you know. Or, yeah, whatever. Um, well, both. I think, right? Didn't I think he Yale? did, actually. Did yeah, that sounds right. I don't know. I never watched W. That's the only I way did. I would he did. It has, uh, what's his name? Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, yeah. yeah. Josh Brolin, we love you. Come on the show. Yale, yeah, he went to Yale. Never yeah. second-guessed yourself. No, I believed you. I agreed with you. He was you. born in Connecticut. Hmm. I think I knew that. I think I knew that. That they're not actually from Texas. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this all ties back. Okay. <laughs> to the term, the loose term that is given to these birds, chicken hawk. Um, and according to hobbyfarms.com, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. five ways to protect your chickens from hawks. So, obviously, mm-hmm. this is worth noting, you cannot just shoot down the hawks mm-hmm. because they're a protected species. Yes. I remember that because you can't pick up a feather. Yes. Even. So, here's what you need. Anyone who has free-range chickens on your yard, mm-hmm. take note if there's any hawks that you need to look out for. Round up your roamers, which means, so free-range birds might have the world at their feet, but these chickens are the ones most easily targeted by hawks. Uh, so just keep them safe, basically. Mm-hmm. Cover your runs. So chicken wire is flimsy. So chicken run is like a, basically a cage where you chickens can walk around in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically saying that chicken wire is not the best way to protect your chickens because it's not that durable um no actually sorry chicken wire is flimsy so it's a poor fence but it can be good for a cover okay so you cover the top to prevent the hawks from swooping Mm -hmm. yes okay another interesting thing that you can do to deter deter hawks from attacking your chickens Mm -hmm. is to shine some blank reflective Mm -hmm. mirror like surfaces have long proven effective in uh spooking aerial predators uh the north american bluebird society and cornell lab of ornithology recommend these to minimize damage by birds keeping them away from their intended target or from an area they view as easy pickings ready-made predator spookers can be found online But you can also use old CDs or DVDs, reflective tape, or long strips of silvery mylar. Mm -hmm. Um, Install these high on your coop or along the top of your run's fence line to create a shining deterrent to any curious hawks and other predatory birds. And hide the food. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Another thing, bring in the rooster. Roosters are good at protecting their hands. Okay. So, uh, many thanks to Anna Hoteling of HobbyFarms.com for these great chicken hawk facts. Thanks, Anna. Well, um, I think that's really all. Yeah. All we got to talk about today. Keeping it an appropriate length. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Feels good. Feels good. Um, I've been Harper. You can find me on the internet at Harping About on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, and something I've been enjoying in popular culture outside of Ethan Hawke, and I think we're going to have the same answer, The Circle. The Circle on Netflix. Yes. You guys. It's you great. guys. It's, it's so it's good. Great. It's, it's so, so good. Like at first I was like, what this are all dumb. these people yeah. talking about? And then I was like, oh my gosh, this cast is so good. Broy Joey. Broy Joey. This this concept is like better than I thought it would be, yeah. you know, and it works. It weirdly works having people just like talk to a TV in a room by themselves. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. It works better than you would think. And honestly, everyone, just go go watch The Circle on Netflix. It's only 12 episodes. They are an hour long each, but I, prom- I promise, like, you're going to get sucked into it, and you're going to sit there and just watch it until the next day, and then you're going to be like, what happened? But that was so good. Yeah. So, yeah. The Circle, watch it, love it, live it. Same. Ditto. Yeah. Uh, where can the people find you? Uh, I'm Jonathan Zavaleta. You can find me on Instagram, at John Zavaleta, where I am busy becoming an influencer yes he's doing there. it smash he's that gonna like post button. a photo tonight before he goes to bed and <laughs> for reference you guys like i'm gonna turn around and edit this episode right now and post it at midnight monday so this is today so if you go on there on instagram at john Savaleta, when you're listening to this episode uh monday morning whatever day tomorrow is uh january 27th mm-hmm. and there's no new post from jonathan zavaleta at him say at john zavaleta what the heck yeah please please feel free to at me at him yeah i i, I welcome the criticism if you think ferris bueller is a better movie than risky business at me mm-hmm. if you think one last thing is your favorite movie of all time <laughs> at me i did see a five-star review on letterboxd can you believe? Can you let's even not, believe? Let's, let's That's fine now. People can like whatever they like. Exactly. But exactly. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Um let's uh let's wrap it up. Yeah. Um you can follow Hawkeyes online at Hawkeyes Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, and please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts, but especially Apple Podcasts. That would be a huge help to us. And, you know, if you ever post about the show, tag us at Hawkeye's Pod. Uh, we'd love to see it. Um, and email love us. We'd love to see it. And email us at hawkeyespod at gmail.com if you have anything you want us to share on the show or know or talk about or ask us. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. See you on the flip. This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson, and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.